friends. Kirk Henderson coming to you by myself tonight. Josh is off again. We're coming to you after the Mavericks defeat the Portland Trailblazers 132-92. to That game is another one that will do one for your point differential. Ah, I'm really feeling good after this one. You know, it was a very frustrating first quarter because, it, uh, you know, the Mavericks really don't play very well if when they lose the first quarter. I want to say Brad Townsend tweeted something to the effect of if they lose the first quarter, they're 5 and like 17. And now the Mavericks are, uh, if, if we include tonight's victory, they are, they're 17. Like that, they, they, they win, you know, a lot of games when they win first quarters. Uh, so it's nice to see them bounce back and, and, and get a win after a really frustrating loss against, uh, against the, the Blazers as, uh, uh, <laughs> as, as Lance notes in the, uh, in the chat, the Mavericks went on a something, it was like a 19 0 run. It was something preposterous to start the third quarter where they just basically did the opposite of the thing that I'm used to from Mavs fandom for 25 years where they normally come out and look a little, ugh. They just came out and absolutely buried, buried the Clippers in a way that really cleared a lot of the bad vibes. I mean, I think the those of us who were in here on on Sunday night, or I'm sorry, on Friday night, really know that the the mood we 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 walked we talked ourselves through. We felt good by the end of of Friday night's game, uh, despite the loss. But coming into it, me in particular, everybody was a little pissy. Uh, some of the questions that I got were fantastic. And, you know, we, we worked our way through it. But tonight, you know, we should all just really, really, really be happy. Uh, you know, there was a lid on the Blazers, uh, a Blazers basket for, for a good chunk of the game, which helps. I'm not particularly sure that the Mavericks played that much better of defense as might may be the narrative coming out of it. Um, Porzingis was really good at the rim uh, in the second half. He was just sort of huge, which is his, you know, it's, it's, it didn't work for him in the first quarter where the Mavericks got scored on at will. Uh, but then in the third quarter, he got a couple of blocks and was there in a way that just felt much more demoralizing for the, for the Blazers than it did in the first quarter. So it was really nice to see that. And, you know, I, I haven't even mentioned, for those of you who didn't watch the game, and you should have, but you know what? This is the sixth straight game that, that technically counts as a late game. Luka Doncic went absolutely nuts from three. He was eight for eight at one point. He finished eight of nine from distance uh, with 37 points in only 30 minutes, which feels huge. Uh, He had seven rebounds and four assists. He did have five turnovers, uh, a couple of which were called by Kane Fitzgerald. And those longtime Mavs fans know exactly who he is because that man can't help but call crappy, uh, you know, kind of like ridiculous calls. But Luca gets away with some funky ball handling stuff now and then, so I, you know, I can't be too mad about it. Um, let's see here, the the Mavericks as a team from distance shot nineteen of thirty seven, which, if you can do math in your head, is fifty one point four percent from three. <laughs> Granted, eight of those were from Luca, but you know what? You even live with the the kind of attempts when you back out. You know, it, I guess that would be uh, twelve of twenty eight is still pretty good for for the Mavericks with this team. You know, Dorian Finney-Smith came back from the world's, you know, in terms of professionals, like the world's shortest paternity leave. He came back to the road. I was talking with my wife before game where I could just, like, envision the look on her face if I told her I had to go to work after four days because he gave uh, his, his his girlfriend, not wife, excuse me, gave gave birth to the 
uh, to their second child, I think. And it was really cool to see um, him connect on a couple of three-point looks. Actually, I had three here now that I'm looking at it. His vibe in the game was really was really helpful. Um, it was, you know, something something that we should, you know, we should really relish because KP or uh, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith's three-point shot really does come and go. Uh, I, you know, there's there's a ton we could talk about in this game. Uh, you know, the Mavericks are something they're like nine and zero now, or I'm sorry, the the Mavericks were actually uh, I want to say they're zero and eight when Richardson doesn't score ten points. And he is now that he went, he had a really great game and scored 21 on eight of 11 shooting after one of eight last game. So that's really something. Um, I'm going to get right to some of the questions because we have a speaker request. I'm going to invite Henry up on stage. Henry, what's happening? Hey, Kirk, how's it going, man? It's good. How you doing? Doing all right. I mean, um, I, I, I'm overall ecstatic about this win, obviously, but I, it's obviously going to draw me back to how we blew the lead last game and how we could easily have, you know, series against the Blazers as well. So I kind of just want your thoughts on that. I would love a series against the Blazers because it would essentially be me being mad at something for like six straight days, seven straight games, like, (laughs) you know, when we when we watch these games and we and we talk about this sort of thing, I, I you know, I, I get chided. You know, I, I guess I'm probably the most you know, I probably have the most followers of people who live tweet games like a lunatic. Because like I started doing this so that my Facebook friends wouldn't like tell me to fuck off because I was doing this on Facebook in two thousand nine. Um <laughs> so I still do this. Like I live play to play. It's fun. And so, like, being mad and being emotional about something that ultimately has no real-world consequences is kind of nice. And the Blazers are just they're, – they're a weird, like, a funhouse mirror version of the Mavs where they can't play any defense either. Um, I know they're missing uh, – what's the name of the, the big man um, that hasn't Nurkic. played in it? Nurkic. Nurkic would cause Dallas some problems because that would bump Cantor to the bench, and Cantor would just eat whoever is on the Dallas bench alive. But I, I still really love the idea – of a, of a series against Portland, so I'm I'm here for it. Dar, do you have any strong takes? Not really. Um, I just wish uh, you know KP was more consistent. Obviously, I don't want to beat that dead horse again. Oh, we'll probably get it, to it, and I'm it, sure like we have tons of people in the room now waiting for me to flame him. It's but... unavoidable at this point, you know. <laughs> it's, it's just death taxes in. Kirk Flame and KP for not being consistent. But he had an okay game. He just did some things that that made me that made everybody notice where he <laughs> it, you know, he he it's did the body language and the body that. language. Yeah. yeah, and it's so hard. <laughs> the people are going to flame me. People are flaming me for it on Twitter, but I you know, I don't well, I think we'll probably circle around to it at some point during this. Um, Jason notes, Jason Yang, who, who has joined me for all of these, notes that uh, we might be beating a dead horse, and we are. But it's it's still something that we'll probably like. Let's let's keep the immaculate vibes going for a few more minutes, and then we'll probably jump into the grumpiness. But hey, um, if you had told me last week going into this stretch, Denver once, Blazers twice, uh, Clippers twice, and we'd come out three and two. Uh, that is I have it's an no excellent place. take. It's an excellent take. Henry, you're on it because I said something to the effect of if they went two and two versus the Clippers and the and you know and 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 who they play tonight, the Blazers, I'd be pretty ecstatic. And look at me, I'm I'm 
as ecstatic as I can get, you know, in, in terms of, of my, you know, general grumpiness. So this is something I think we should all really be positive about. I, I, the Oklahoma game is what it is. We're done. We're past it. We hope that they don't do it again, but I, I think that's, that's really good. Um, I'm going to bring Lance here up on stage. Lance, what's going on? What's going on, Kirk? Thanks for having me on. Uh, so I just want to say this about KP and that's it. You know, KP didn't have a great game if Chuck Cooperstein didn't tweet about it. So <laughs> that's you know, Ch- Chuck is Chuck is 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 you know his son writes for our site now and then. Chuck is is the closest thing to a to a old man Twitter friend that I can have. Like I'm sure it, I've met him. He's very kind. He probably no. He's me very nice. And he's taller than you would imagine because I've met big him man. a couple times. And he's a good it, guy. I just noticed that him or or Wade. When KP has that rare game, like he, you know, like he had a couple of games ago, like you'll hear about it. But I don't really have anything yeah. to say about him. Sure. Uh, another thing that I noticed in the third quarter, it seemed like Dallas stuck on uh, Lillard's hip, man. Like, like the recovery was good on switches. He wasn't able to, you know, get comfortable. I think the only three that he hit was the one that ended up being a foul right before he shot the ball, so it didn't count. So, like, I don't want to say that they played great D on him the whole game, but I noticed it in the third quarter, you know, and obviously Luca went off from three, which is – it's great because everyone was shitting on him for being 30% shooter like Westbrook, you know, earlier in the season. I mean, me. But, I found – somebody found a tweet of mine bitching, about, like, right before right before New Year's where he was shooting 12% from three. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all knew that wasn't going to happen forever, but I didn't think he's going to go and hit eight threes in a game. But I'm, I'm happy for this win, obviously. Like, it would have been – Great if they could have handled business the last game. The Valentine's Day game, I think that could have went either way. But I, I truly believe Dallas should have totally took the, the last game home. But, um, yeah, we got they got Minnesota next on Wednesday, which is a, a nice, you know, what is it, like two or three days of rest. So that, that's going to be good for them. And Minnesota stinks. So we'll see Trap how that game, goes. Trap game, though. Trap game, though. Anthony True. Edwards. Anthony Edwards is the, like – if he were a Maverick, I would live and die with every possession with him because that man is fun and and like he's just he's chaotic good. He's really fun to watch. That that should be that should be quite the game. I I, I like this. Um, huh, I don't you know it's a, it's it's just a fun game. It's it's nice you know to be up at twelve thirty at night and say okay I'm gonna be able to to take my melatonin like the old man that I am and go to sleep and feel good. I'll wake up in the morning like it's this this is just nice. This is good stuff. Um, let's see here. Do you have any other questions? I'm mean, I got like four no five, man. Go ahead and let the let everybody else get their burn. If I have anything else to say, I'll try to jump in later. Thank I you for having me on again. Sure thing. Pedro, what's happening? Hey Kirk, thanks for having me. Of course, man. I love that jersey in your in your avatar. Just so everybody notices, we we got to give we got to give the the green forty one jersey all the love in the world. Thank you. So the Mavs played played close against the Clippers and lost. And then the next game, they blew them out. Then they played close against the Blazers and lose. And the next game, they they blew them out. Small sample size, but don't you think this is a good sign come playoff time that the Mavs are making adjustments and succeeding? I like this. This is another very good question. So... Friend of the program, Matt Moore from the Action Network, says that when it comes to the gambling numbers, beating a team twice in a row in the regular season is extremely difficult. 
and teams that have done it, like Portland beat New Orleans twice, it just doesn't happen as often as you might think because, you know, coaches don't want to give away too much or their teams, like the problems involved are just kind of, uh, you know, hard to fix. And so the, the, the Blazers play with kind of this incredible energy where if they're hanging around, hanging around, uh, I, I've talked about this with Tyler, who's out there in the chat, about like Lillard and Portland give me the closest thing to mid-2000s Mavs vibes where if the game is close, the closer's coming in and Lillard and is going to hurt you. And, and I love to see the fact that the Mavericks bounced back and played this way. Um, it, it's really a game of shooting though, too. When you look at the box score, like 51% from three versus 22% from three, like Portland wasn't going to hang around. Um, the three ball is just so valuable in the modern game. Um, I, I like that the Mavericks are showing some sense of resiliency. I would love, you know, now that they're kind of through this stretch, I'm very much looking forward to the next portion of their schedule to see if they can actually go on some sort of streak. Like, you know, everybody uh, in the broader NBA world has been enjoying the Hawks eight game win streak, which congratulations to them for, for, you know, some of the wins where they don't actually play anybody. That'd be incredible if the Mavericks were in the East, but I digress. Uh, so, so that's, you know, kind of the, the, the big picture stuff in terms of, of what I see. I, I like that. I, I'm going to be interested to see how the, the, you know, Henry just was talking about playing the, the Blazers in the playoff series. And the two Blazers guys that I had on the Friday show, I, nobody really listened to it compared to our post-game podcast, which I understand. But they essentially said that smaller guards tend to defend Lillard better and that a secondary blitzer thrown in every now and again can really cause chaos for him because he's smaller and he doesn't really do exceptionally well unless it's, you know, hedging on a screen's a little bit different where he seems to relish that. Like he just roasted KP and KP didn't really even do a bad job. It's just, it's, that's the sort of shot that Lillard loves to take. But when they're still in the like, like decision-making part of their offense before as if, you know, whatever offense or play that they're running, sending, sending somebody else at him really seems to cause him problems. And, and so that'd be the sort of thing that I'd be interested to see if the Mavericks aren't showing too much of certain things, you know, Carlisle really does like to think ahead. And so that's, that's kind of where my, my, my head is on that question. So I think it's a good start though. I'm going to invite uh, Jesse up on stage. I appreciate your question, Pedro. Jesse, what's happening? What's up, Kirk? You gotta love a night where Luca shoots eight for nine from three. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. It's um, a good feeling. And also, every single rookie we've been wanting to play for years, it seems like, got a bunch of run, and now we're starting to realize why Carlisle doesn't play them. But Ooh, Tyler was- Bay's shot is uggo. Uggo. I don't know what to do with that man's shot. Like, it was wild looking. I respect how weird it looked. Yeah, I mean, the defense <laughs> looked really amazing, even though they were kind of haphazard and, and fouling a little bit. But, I mean, they didn't really necessarily have – a bunch of experience around them to, I mean, they had, did have Powell. So we, we yeah. got all the things we, that we asked for. Uh, <laughs> now we, now maybe Carla was like, okay, now I'm going to shut everybody up and uh, show y'all why I'm not. Which, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to say because I like that we're already talking about the rookies. Um, I really like Josh Green's energy is just something I would want to see more of. I don't, 
I don't know. When he's right near the rim, it's kind of ugly. But, he, I mean, again, he was two two from four from the field. He didn't really do anything else other than an assist. But I, he's just such a big dude. And and I, I would like to see more of, of that if the Mavericks get in these games where that they can afford to get him minutes. Um, Nate Hinton getting nine minutes just absolutely cracked me up. Uh, he he is strikes me as a guy that Carlisle would just love to death if if he were running like an expansion team. Uh, it, it, that sort of stuff, you know, even, even Tyler Bay finally got on the floor, which I'm sure he, you know, I, I hope a uh, friend of the program, Tim Cato is getting roasted by, by Rick right now in the post game, just for finally playing him because, you know, Rick really does hate to, to ask those sorts of, or answer those sorts of questions. But, uh, you know, it's great that the extended minutes for the rookies, 30 minutes for Luca, 25 for Porzingis, 25 for Kleba. You know, it, it, Richard, just getting that few of minutes with some of the absolute grind we've seen from the last, uh, going back really from start of uh, post All Star has been has been really really nice. Um, all right, I'm yeah, gonna... go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, you know, I mean, I know I kind of you know talked bad about their offense, but like their defense looked really good. I really like Tyler Bay. Uh, the second he was in there, like he was causing. A lot of dis- disruption on ball. He he almost forced a turnover. Um, you know, Josh Green is amazing at setting screens and was really playing really good defense. Uh, even Hinton hit that one uh, mid-range shot to kind of stop a drought. So there was flashes. I mean, these guys just haven't really played enough. They didn't have a, uh, like a real offseason. So um, it'll be interesting to see. We were in a room earlier on, on my pod and we were talking about you know, ha- seeing what these these players are going to look like after an off season, and understanding how to play w- within the system and everything, and I think that they will be able to do it. They just they just got to get their shot. I like that you said that. So one thing I want to recommend to everybody here that's like a hardcore basketball fan, and if you're here at, on a Sunday night at almost twelve o'clock uh, Central Time, I cannot recommend going to NBA Summer League enough. If if you are a hardcore fan, it is weird. The basketball is terrible. The mood is incredible. And the Mavericks are likely to send all these guys there and get lots of minutes. Uh, I have been to the last, you know, I didn't go to last year's because it didn't exist, but I've been to the last seven. And it's very fun seeing these guys get to have a lot of, of, of run. Um, I was there for the time when Dwight Powell got, had free reign to shoot three-pointers. It was very bad. I was very upset. It was very tiresome. Uh, and to this day, I, that's part, partially why I always tweet out Dwight Powell's like three point shooting numbers. Cause I watched that man fire like seven a game in a summer league. Um, but it's, it's nice to see, to see the rookies, to see the rookies get some burn. And I think with some of these, if they're able to really, to, to really stick it to, um, a team, like, like some of these, some of these weaker teams in their roster coming up to, or in their schedule coming up the second half of the season, hopefully we'll get more of that. Um, Let's see here. I'm going to invite. Sorry, I have a list of folks. Uh, Christian up on stage. Christian, what's happening? Thanks for joining me again. Hey, brother. How you doing? Oh, I'm pretty good. I should go to bed. I, but you know, here we are again. Yeah, I got it a little bit better because I'm in Vegas, so it's only nine thirty here, so a little bit easier. Um, but I was gonna say, I mean, a- after a game like this and obviously Luca's not going to shoot you know eight from nine uh from the three-point arc uh you know every game but if he is able because 
he started the season nine and a half percent uh, from three after, I don't know, shooting like 30 shots. I'd really be interested to see what, if you just take that period of time out, what his actual percentage is. But if he does shoot 37, 38% from three, like, I I don't know who you could say is a better offensive player in the game. Uh, You know, I I get the arguments. It would certainly be debatable. But the vision he has, uh, the ability to drive, the ability to post up, his mid-range game coming in to form, his three-pointer hitting, like, He's just unstoppable, and so I think it's, you know, certainly celebrate this win. Um, Great to see the rookies get the run, but I really think if he's able to do this and we're able to add more talent and he takes another leap next year, like the the ceiling, there there is no ceiling. So I'd be interested to see what that shakes out. So I was tweeting during the game since I, I, I'm wrong on my numbers now just because I was tweeting like in game from February 1st to now he's basically shooting. Let me see here. He went eight for nine from three. Uh, he, he's, 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 sh- <laughs> he's shooting something just absurd from February 1st. I have my numbers ginned up here. Just give me a second. All right. He, he, he's 72 of 166 from the field, which is 43%. 43.4%, almost 44%, um, going back nearly seven weeks now. I don't know what's sustainable for, for Luca because when you go game by game, he has, you know, eight, eight of nine, which is really going to swing your swing your data. But then, you know, he has games, you know, one of seven, five of eight, five of eight. He's just, he's looked so good for so long now that it's hard to imagine – him really sliding back down below that kind of uh, line of demarcation of 33%, which is, you know, below at, you know, when you're shooting below 33% at that point, a two pointer, you, you know, you, you shoot 50% on, on twos to, to equal shooting 33% on threes in terms of if you're doing like equal volume, if, if he's shooting below 33%, then we kind of have a problem, but anything above that is really just a net win because Defenses are going under on those screens. Even when he's stepping back, you can see the defense saying, okay, this is an acceptable shot. Long enough version of tape, it's going to be hard to figure out what defenses do about it. I'm, I showed my age you know, in the game where I, I'm thinking back to this, this movie that I would put on whenever girls came over in high school called A Knight's Tale. Uh, and, and there's a line in it where the main character, who, who is a, a what is it? He's, he's jousting. And, and it's like, how do we beat him? And, and another character says, with a stick while he sleeps. And that's essentially what I, I think about when it comes to, yes, Lance, Heath, the Heath Ledger movie, um, is, is really something. And so it, 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 he's just so good at basketball right now. I don't – the passes even that he's making. Last game, he was in all sorts of incredible just passes where the one behind his head – uh, to Tim Hardaway, and then the Tim Hardaway actually had a miss on this one, but from the top of the key in the second half, he whipped this right-handed pass around his defender, which essentially curved like that movie where the bullets curve. It was just crazy. I mean, it, it, it's it's the sort of thing, um, 
where I I I, lo- I I I don't know what superlatives to use anymore when the guy is playing basketball like how he's playing. So the the move at the moment is to figure out how to get him to vibe this way with the rest of the team. And so when they beat the Portland Trailblazers, who are playoff bound by forty, you say, okay, well he he must be vibing well enough. <laughs> I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what else he could be doing. To, to help his teammates uh, play better. So I, I really enjoy this one. All right. I'm going to invite Trevante up on stage. How are you? Hey, how you doing? I'm great. Thanks for, uh, for joining me. Well, what do you got for us? It's just the KP. Did you see the back-to-back plays where he posted? No, it was um, when uh, CJ McCullum got right to the rim on him and he just bodied him. Then CJ went back over the layup. Then the next play where he tried to post up Damian Lillard and he couldn't even get around him. It's just the plays like that that's frustrating me every night with KP. We talk are we talking early in the game, like first first ten minutes or so before he went out? Yeah. Uh-huh. I do, and I was very pissy uh on my Twitter feed during that point of the game because he the one that he missed over over Dame was real bad. And yeah, it was he was terrible. He was mad about it because they did the camera angle. At least I was watching the, I was listening to the Portland broadcast because I thought they were doing a pretty good job. And they showed the uh, replay uh, from the far end of the court. And w- as he misses a shot, KP turns to run back on defense and he's just like throwing. He's so mad at himself because he knows. Yeah. That's the and, shot he has to hit. And it's every game with it. I'm just like, I'm, I'm to the point where I'm like, I'm so frustrated with it. Like the Mavs, we have to make a, I don't want to say a big time trade or but an impact player trade on Thursday or sometime before that we need for this team. Like we got to have an impact player to help us out. If we want to go any further in the first round. <laughs> it's very tough. I'll it's say tough. that. Yeah. I'm loving the fact that y'all are are doing my dirty work for me because I have a I get heat for these mat for these KP takes and y'all I you know you're the third you're, right you're on. the th- you spot on with it. Trust me, I see it every night. You spot on with it. It feels so bad though because it's not like he's trying to suck. It's just mm-hmm. he thinks he's good at stuff that he's not good at. That exactly. baseline air ball was we, awful, terrible. We just got to get away from that. And, and you, you, I have these people who are mentioning, who are talking to me. And if y'all are one of them, please come up on stage. So much better to have a conversation about this than be yelled at by me. I'd rather be told why I'm wrong and hear it than read about it. Um, <laughs> it's it's one of these things where it's it's the Mavs slow down what they're doing to make him feel better about his role. Exactly. And if the if the dude would just run at the rim, like he had an offensive rebound that. Uh, he got fouled on, and then he hit a couple mm-hmm. of free throws. And I, I remember, like, kind of screaming, being like, yes, do that, seven-foot-three guy. <laughs> and he yeah. doesn't. He doesn't do it. <laughs> it is frustrating. <sighs> it is frustrating, man. But I understand. <laughs> he doesn't. All right, I'm going to invite uh, uh, my, my friend Jason up on stage here, who has probably the most reasonable KP take coming, because he, he, he's right about this. But, Jason, let's hear it. Okay. KP drives us insane. I know this. I know we're all driven insane by KP, but I maintain that this game was still a positive KP game. His defense, the first quarter, just the Blazers just did random stuff, and I don't know. But, like, I mean, you could see the second quarter, the third quarter, he picked it up, and you can 
pretty much see. Like Dame, he didn't hit. The, he couldn't hit his threes, and he couldn't get inside. And I mean, you can say, oh, KP, it's, he can't recover. He's slow footed, but he's a tall dude. When he's standing in front of the rim, it's really hard for people to make baskets. And since KP's a tall dude, he stands at the three point line, and it's like it looks weird. The shots may not go in, but KP is a huge part of how Luca gets his driving lanes because people still respect him. All all these teams, they still respect them as a three-point shooter. And until that is gone, even if the percentages are bad, you'd have to say KP is helping the offense, even with this weird mismatch stuff, even with some of the insane shots he takes. He's helping the offense because it's making Luca better. And this team is all about Luca and making Luca better. And if KP is a part of that, that's fine. KP obviously isn't amazing right now, but let's not pile on the guy too much. He knows he sucks. I'm sure he's hard on himself. We know how he talks to the media. He's good at talking to the media. So I don't know how much of this is actually being introspective and how much is just dealing with the media. But he does seem to know that he needs to improve in this area. So I have some optimism that if, which is a big if, if KP stays healthy and doesn't end the season with an injury, he can go into the offseason and try to improve on these parts of his game. Because he's never had an injury-free offseason. He's always rehabbing. So this is a big if, but this is the point where I'm at. The Mavs are not winning a championship this year. I'd be surprised if they won in the first round. So this year is all about keeping KP healthy, not making a big move, not going all in, not spending first-round picks for Oladipo or Drummond or... I don't even know who you guys are talking about at this point. Just get through the year. Luca's improving. KP's improving. This team is still young. Just keep building, keep building. And I don't know, 2021 offseason. Just sign somebody, please. That's all. I like this. I like it. It's why I do these. It's why I always saw it. It's why Josh and I are so good together when we're doing our podcast. Because he politely and firmly tells me to shut the fuck up. Uh, which I think we all need to hear, Jason, because in these games, it's in the middle of a game, you get mad, you watch Porzingis as he throws a little hissy fit when he doesn't get a pass. You know, it, it's it's a game. He's supposed to be mad. I like seeing Porzingis mad. Now, maybe might not like why he's mad, but, you know, showing some emotion, I really think, you know, works well with his game. I agree with you. I think overall he had an impactful game. I mean, the dude was plus 30. In 25 minutes, he had 12 points, eight boards, four assists. He 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 was one of the lead, you know, four, three other guys had four assists. He let, helped led the team. He had a really cool jump pass to, uh, uh, I think it was Maxie in the far right corner that I wish Maxie would have hit. Um, there, two blocks. He played good defense in the third, like you mentioned. There's a lot of stuff going for him where he has to, I don't know. I, I don't know how he deals with this internally because he, you can tell he wants more. And I will say without attempting to say what I have kind of chatted about with people who do this professionally for a living is that there's just some strangeness with him when things aren't going a hundred percent. And when the Mavericks are, you know, winning games like this, he can't really say much about it. Like what, you know, people are always the, the folks who who listen to the pod or people tell me, oh, well, he just looks KP off for three sometimes. And I'm sorry, KP needs to hit more threes. How about that as a solution? He, he he's not. I don't know. I I wish he would. I wish they would spend time in the offseason showing him how to be a role man because when he and Luca are both attacking the rim, it is horrifying. It's one of these things that that teams don't really know what to deal with. Um. 
wow, man, we got a lot of people in here. All right, does anybody else want to come up on stage, ask a question, make a comment? I love talking about this. Yeah, Saeed will come up. What's happening, my man? Hey, uh, all right, so let's, so, here, okay, can you hear me? Yeah, you're here, go ahead. Okay, okay, all right, I got you, I got you. All right, um, I liked, I liked how Jay Rich uh, bounced back. Um, he seemed, a, he looked a lot more comfortable, wasn't fumbling over his feet as much. Um, and I think the funny thing was, uh, I kind of wish that the NBA took the series wins as cumulative scores, because I think we ended up beating the Blazers over the entire series by about 30 points, um, just because of this one win. Um, and then I guess I'm more leaning towards your side um, on the KP part. Um, at this point, the only reason I would think of, I guess, for some reason, not moving him if we get the option would be because his value is too low. Um, and at the same time, I, I, he's playing, he's playing a lot better on defense, but for me, um, for your second best player, I don't think we have the, we should be jumping through this many hoops to find positives in his game. Um, if he's having a bad game, he's having a bad game. That's fine to say. It's okay. Um, but at the same time, when you're a max player, you kind of expect it. And then just, I guess, maybe it's just a whole vibes thing. Um, but players like, uh, with Luca's game being so similar to LeBron, um, you don't see, I guess, the secondary counterparts to LeBron being kind of like that. I don't know if he's just been friends with them or something like that. But um, just the fact that, KB, I get you're frustrated that you're, he's not playing well, but at the same time, you should still have or show, I guess, happiness towards your own uh, own team doing well and stuff. For if you get what I mean, I do, man. It's so it's I, it, you know my phone decides to tell me when it's time to go to bed, and then I I couldn't unmute myself. That was incredible. Um, you know, I just got a message from somebody who who pointed out to me in in the kindest terms possible that the the thing that we should all really be vibing on is is less KP being pissy and more the Mavericks going away from drop coverage on Dame Lillard and the Blazers and it's the thirty ish minute mark of this podcast and I think that's a really wise thing. Um, it is a little challenging, and I think that that hopefully without such an up and down schedule the next several weeks, maybe the Maverick can get something going. Because when when everybody's kind of blowing in the in the in the right direction, it's a lot easier to not be frustrated with the specific things that you want. Um, I don't know that like, he's going to be a Maverick, so like my feelings on this, our feelings on this, don't really matter. Um, I, I think Jason's point earlier about just kind of keeping steady with the ship and what Cubans talked about, uh, there might be some moves around the fringes. I would be, I wouldn't be like shocked if like Drummond ended up on the team in the sense of moving from like Johnson and Powell in a second round pick, but the Mavericks aren't giving up anything of consequence in, in the, any of these trade deadline talks. There's nothing that they're going to go do. I really don't think that's the case. Like, they're, they're not going to give up another future asset to move the dial just so. Um, and, and it's, it's very, they played just such a tough stretch and guys have not looked great. Like they've, they've just never really been on, uh, I guess pre all-star break, they did look pretty good, but the, they're, they're playing all these crappy teams. Like, 
I don't know when, when they lose the games that they've lost it, they really feel soul crushing. And I can't figure out if that's because I'm a lunatic or because whenever the games that they lose, it's, it's just the sort of game that exposes all the studs in their foundation. And they don't, they're not, they're just not quite good enough yet. And compared to what we've been sold by the front office and what we expect out of the $30 million man, like you mentioned, it's just not enough, but Jason's right, as he mentioned earlier, that I think we really have to start taking a longer view um, with the team building part. So, so I don't know. I, 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 I do think it's a good point. Um, Jesse has a question here. I'm going to invite him back on stage. Hi, Jesse. Hey, Kirk. Uh, I just wanted to like talk about for a second. I think Luca's really um, taking this MVP, uh, you know, season seriously, trying to get MVP. Um, if you look at how he fared over uh, Dame. I mean, he had he had 37-7-4 tonight. The last game he had 38-99. Dame had 19 points tonight, 1-4, one, uh, one and, and then 31-3-6. and six. Like, he – I think he really made a point to just outplay Dame in the, in the last two games because, you know, you see LeBron going down with the injury – and we don't know how that's going to affect the MVP implications. Um, and I think he really thinks that he can get in that top seat and, and start to take over things. I, now, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that, especially with you know Jokic playing such good basketball and putting up great numbers as well. But if, if he ends up over both of them in the standings somehow, I mean, I feel like he's really going to make a push in the second half to try to get into that MVP conversation again. I mean, anytime a guy goes eight of nine for three and wins against another top, you know, top six playoff team, like they're they're he's gonna do something. I I sort of feel like the MVP based stuff ends up being a a kind of war of attrition. Um, LeBron with a high ankle sprain feels like the most unfair. You know, ankle sprains. I was talking with somebody earlier. Ankle sprains, uh, high ankle sprains, like ruin fantasy football seasons. But LeBron James also doesn't get hurt unless it's like a, an insane muscle tear. So it just it really makes me wonder what's going to happen with him. If he's able to come back in three weeks, I still kind of think it's his to win or if, if Embiid comes back. But if Luka kind of plays at the stretch, he's going to talk himself into the Jokic and Dame conversation because he's really good. <laughs> and we've talked about it. We don't talk about it. We at once talk about it too much and we don't talk about it enough. Uh, it's like, you know, the guy scores 37 points on eight of nine, three, and then misses, you know, he goes three of six from the line. It's just, he's such a weird dude. It's, it's really, <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh yeah. What am I, what are, what are we really complaining about? Um, I'm going to invite Jason back up because I'm sure he wanted to, if I misstated something, he said he probably wants to correct the record. <laughs> Hi Jason. Okay. No, I'm thinking I'm going to be positive this time. You were and positive I, last time. You were, yeah, you were okay, earnest. Okay. All right. All right. But on this Luca and MVP thing, I just feel like we should be I don't not blessed, but Luca has it. Like he has it in the sense that I just think back to game six of the Clippers series, and you know, it's basically over. We're down by fifteen. And Luca just decides to try to make it a five point game in like the fourth quarter because he's like, I'm not going down without a fight. And you just see, like, after these games we lose he just decides to go supernova. He just decides, oh, I'm just going to go shoot eight of nine tonight and you're not going to stop me. And I don't know. We saw it with Dirk, but I don't know. Like, Dirk's such a clutch player. But, like, Luca, 
he's like he's just as clutch as Dirk in a different sort of way, but just that will to win, all these stupid cliches, but like it really does feel like Luca is just this guy that once we have a team around him, he's not gonna fail. he's not gonna be the guy who messes up in the clutch, who makes a dumb mistake. Like I don't know. I'm just rambling at this point, but it just feels so good. Like I have no, it's it's wild. So so I I was watching the box score in the background of Oklahoma State versus the Oregon State Beavers. Oklahoma State four seed lost seventy to to eighty to a twelve seed, and and Oklahoma State being a four seed kind of feels weird. But they they played well enough down the stretch, and they have have uh, Cade Cunningham, who if you've watched him, his game style is. Somebody compared him to like Super Soldier Andre Miller or Super Soldier Serum Andre Miller, but he really does give me some strong Luca vibes. Just incredibly powerful, really like ballsy shooter, incredible passer. And you know, I watched him play tonight and and, and on and off in the background. And he like Luca just has that certain thing, that indefinable thing that I don't know how to put my finger on it. Like Dame and Dirk did too, and and you just you don't see it that often. Like guys might be incredible, like as Cade Hunt Cunningham very well could be, but he also you know finished his college career shooting airball. Like Luca, Luca's not going to do that. Um, it, it, it's it's very wild that we're just so blessed, and it's it's very it's sometimes like hard to talk about him because we all want Luca to be a top four team in the West and win in the playoffs and et cetera, et cetera. Cause we think he's going to get, he's, we think he's going to leave. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. Um, but it, it, it's, it, you know, I, there's something to be said about just kind of enjoying the moment to moment stuff. Like this is a really fun win. And I think we are doing that. Like when we talked on Friday night, everybody that was in the room, it's a very similar crowd. I'm noticing a lot of the same names. Like that was kind of a group therapy session as we we're all, uh, kind of talking our, our, you know, I felt really good by the end of it, even though I was uh, a little grumpy, but this was, this was a nice win. It's a win that I feel, feel glad to get through. And now I'm really excited to be able to, to go through a, a series of games that don't start at like nine 30 or later East coast time. Um, speaking of that, it is one in the morning, my time. Does anybody else have something they'd like to get off their chest before we uh, mosey on out of here? Just real quick. Uh, I was going to say in a glass have full sense, think if we didn't deal with uh, the COVID in the way that we did, that just kind of brutalized our team. We're really, I mean, I know we're the eighth seed, but who knows? We'd probably be, you know, right around the fifth seed at least in my opinion, if not. And when you think about it, we basically have seven players that comfortably can play, you know, 20 minutes or more a game. Um, And when you look at these teams above us, the Clippers, all their assets are gone, right? Um, You know, obviously the Lakers, the champions, I'll kind of exclude them from that. Uh, The Jazz, Basically, all their, uh, not necessarily assets in, like, draft picks, but, you know, their their cap situation once uh, Mitchell's extension kicks in is going to be crazy and not including the fact of Mike Conley, if they want to extend him, who's a key part of their team. Uh, the Blazers, they're uh, kind of maxed out in that sense. Um, with salary, things like that. Uh, 
the Nuggets are a little bit different scenario, but when you really think about where we are right now, playing one of the toughest schedules in the first half and kind of this run-up for the second half, we are in a good position. But even more than that, we have a 22-year-old kid that is just, like you were saying, has the it factor, is amazing. Uh, with KP, it's almost been close to worst-case scenario besides, you know, a really devastating injury. Um, but maybe with an offseason, he could take another leap forward. And we do have uh, money to hope to God we use it wisely. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't want to jinx anything, but... You know, really, we're almost at our floor. And look where we're at with the ability to, you know, really scare some teams uh, come playoff time. But I think, uh, you know, at least as a finishing touch, let's look at it glass half full that this offseason, especially, we can add some actually really good players, uh, potentially. And it's insane to think about, but Luca can take another leap along with, a few other players on this team. We we also were able to hold a lead for the first time in a long time and actually be able to play, you know, and let our our uh, starters sit on the bench. Like, we haven't seen that all year. Uh, that's promising. I don't know what it was. I mean, obviously, it was Luca was shooting on fire, and that, that was kind of a catalyst. But I don't know if, if Portland decided to take the night off. I mean, Dame only had 19 points. I don't know what's going on there, but... It, this is like the first time we've ever been able to keep a lead and like keep it. Keep it. It's nice. It's very nice. All right, I'm going to invite one more guy up on stage here. My my man Tim Yeager, aka House Mavericks on Twitter, who was so kind as to do our our stats post for Mavs Moneyball, which you all should read in the morning. I'm probably not going to put it up until uh, until you know an hour or so from now. But Tim, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Hey, going off what Jesse just said. That was the third game for Portland in four days. I think we just caught him on a on a lucky night, um, to be honest. I mean, that was a, a really bad performance by them. Not not so much the Mavs, but you could tell that they were tired. So I think that played into it. But I love the highs and lows of the season. I was messing with the people in the chat. I can't wait for Drummond to be a Maverick tomorrow just to see Mavs Twitter. I've it's going to be you. super fun. You're, you've been fired <laughs> on live firing. <laughs> no, I say that jokingly. Um, I don't think he would help all that much, if at all. But it'll be funny when it happens because I feel like I could see it happening. But, no, last thing, because I know, you know, we got to go to bed. We got kids. We got life um, that carries on tomorrow. The next seven games for the Mavs, I don't know if we've mentioned this. I, I, I hopped on late. But next seven opponents, are none of them are above 500. Huge opportunity. Have to win. I want to say six and one is, is what I think the goal should be. Um, five and two at the lowest, but six and one for sure. Um, great stretch ahead. We've been hearing this since the All-Star break about the Mavs second half, you know, last – Two-thirds of the schedule is the easiest. We are just now seeing that. So hope they can capitalize. Interested to see what they do at the trade deadline. Um, but, you know, got to ride the highs of a, of a good win. Okay, so one last thing. Um, I guess just to kind of end on the positive note, uh, the whole – 
the the way that you're talking about how uh, for Luca, where he just kind of has that it factor. I think I kind of uh, saw for an example of it would be how I honestly didn't notice most of the KP situation until after I got after I stopped the game and got on Twitter. Um, because throughout the game, all you could really focus on was Luca. I guess one of the way to say it is, even if say the worst situation happens and Mavs get blown out in the first round, um, just having Luca kind of gives you that single bit of hope that having such a transcendent player, you'll always be in the running. Um, hopefully, the front office helps him out enough to keep this thing going. But in in the end, we have like one of the best talents in the game. And hopefully it'll be for his attack. I like this. You're right. All right, guys. This uh, this has been Kirk Henderson and the whole task full of uh, uh, people. We have a crowded room here at uh, Mavs Moneyball Live. Josh will be joining me again at some point. He is taking some personal time. He is, uh, uh, those of you who know him can probably ask and find out. He's doing just fine. In fact, he's doing fantastic. But I don't want Tim to be bothered with the Mavs for, for a little while. So we'll probably be doing this on Wednesday night's game and probably Friday and Saturday night's game too. So you guys can look forward to this. I will probably attempt to do a locker room, uh, either pre or post trade deadline, just so we can, can talk some shop. Um, I enjoy doing these. We have a full room, which is shocking, you know, considering it's a Sunday night. Uh, well, it, Josh asks in the chat, did we do a full 180 on, on KP? Really? We've done a 360 degree turn where we just kind of, it, it, it's like, do you remember that Tim Hardaway clip where he turned around three times on defense? That's, that's what we do with KP. He's, he's an emotional roller coaster. All right, guys, this has been fun. Kirk Henderson, Mavs Moneyball Live. Feel free to uh, rate and subscribe. We appreciate you joining the room. We will talk to you guys in a couple of days.